0: Yeah, I have the honor and the privilege to speak into part one of our Coats series. And, and the heart behind this series really is, whether you've noticed or not through your Bible reading, there are many a story and many a places where coats are spoken about, whether it's to do with significant people or not so significant people. Uh, but coats are spoken about and they have an actual symbolism in the Bible because we all know that, well... Most things, I should say, most things spoken in the Bible, uh, that are especially generally repeated, have a pretty significant meaning, and it's something that we should take note on. And so we've highlighted that coats is a very significant thing, and, and today, uh, if you're taking notes, because they say that joke that if you're taking notes, you'll get, you're you on the fast track to, to heaven. <laughs> Um, You get to go up the gold staircase instead of just the normal staircase, Um, and then you might have wings earlier than the rest. But if you're taking notes tonight, the title of this message—that was totally a joke—the title of this message is The Coat of Restoration. The Coat of Restoration. And so in my own life, uh, just just sharing a a brief little snippet of it, uh, I myself have experienced uh, restoration. Now, for those of you who don't know, I have not always been a believer— and I not always have uh, followed the status quo, if you will, uh, not always followed what my parents highlighted I should. Uh, well, actually, to a certain degree, I followed what my dad highlighted I should do. Uh, wasn't always the smartest decision. wasn't always the greatest things. Uh, but I guess you could say, yeah, to a certain degree, I followed a couple of things, but not everything. I, Orion, thought that I was Orion the Omega, and see what I did there? Uh, and I thought that I had it all sorted. I was like, man, I'm 15 years old and I'm the man. I'm 15 years old and no one can tell me what to do. I'm 15 years old and I'm going to be the next prime minister when I'm 18 because I'm just that cool. I'm just that wise. I'm just that capable. Uh, And then, lo and behold, we wake up and check out the mirror one day and realize there's that not so little human standing also lonely and trying to figure out what is the meaning of life. What am I supposed to be doing on this earth? And so I began a journey uh, that started in this church with a couple of really awesome people. And they got alongside me and brought me into a place uh, where the story in the Bible that we're gonna be covering tonight uh, really highlights the same opportunity, really highlights the, the, the opportunity of restoration on the people that we're gonna be covering tonight. And so if you brought your Bibles, that's awesome. If you didn't, Even better. We've got some free ones if you want to pay for them. No, no, no. Uh, But on that note, I want to just switch over to Genesis chapter 9. And we're going to start at verse 20. But before you chuck that up, because we know how that is, we chuck a verse up on on the screen and you guys start reading ahead and getting carried away and forget what I'm about to say. So just to give you guys a bit of a context, the importance of of coats is, is highlighted significantly in the Bible. The importance of coats uh, such that uh, back in the day, whenever there was a coat, a cloak, or an outer garment um, ever spoken about, they were generally to do with authority, with one's own stature, with one's own uh, identity, if you will. A lot was found in someone's outer garment, coat, or cloak. And so whenever we look at the Bible and all the different stories, including the one tonight, there are significant things that we can take from such a thing. We realize that even in today, if someone's got a nice flash Gucci coat on or something, you're instantly like, whoa, high profile. That's, a, that's, a, that's an important man. And then if we see someone that doesn't have the greatest of coats, we can say, oh, yeah, okay, I guess they're a bit on the lower end of the spectrum, if you will. And then you can have other people that have dark, long trench coats. And some might say, oh, they're probably heavy metalers. They're probably into that, that, that metal stuff, and they drill the head in and go like this and be all strange about it. Some might say that there is a colorful or a highlight or a neon coat and you, when you look at such a thing, you would see authority. You would see a status like police, like security guards, like my man in the vet. And so depending on the coat, you can often already take hold of someone's status or, or who they actually are as a person. And so when we look into the Scripture, we need to realize that all throughout the Bible, outer garments were very, again, I've got to highlight, very, very significant thing, that, that people would hide away in their own garments. People would find shelter in their own garments for homeless people. They would find shelter. Even today, we can see that on the street. So many things can be used by such a coat. And so when we look into the Scripture, I really want to highlight the fact and, and keep it in the forefront of our minds of the significance of the coat that we're about to read about. So let us read together in Genesis chapter 9, starting at verse 20. Noah, a man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard. When he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father naked and told his two brothers outside. Now I just want to highlight a few things in the scripture. Noah, a man of the soil, someone that liked to do a bit of work, someone that wasn't afraid to get their hands dirty. Noah, a hearty man, if you will, a bit of a Urgh. for all the men in the room say. Urgh. There's one of them shot, Tippany. You're a real man. That's right. One man in the room. A man of the soil proceeded to plant a vineyard. Now, we know how this goes. Noah, obviously, pretty keen. He checks out his vineyard. He's like, woo-hoo, check it out. Well, since I'm the maker of this, I should probably have a bit of a test test out, if you will. And so he tests it out, all right, becomes drunk and lay uncovered inside of his tent. Ham, now Ham is his youngest son. Ham, being his youngest son, goes to walk into his father's tent and sees him naked. Now, what does he do? He just... Oh well, this isn't something you see every day. Man, my dad's really mashed. And then he goes and off, runs off, and tells his brothers outside. As we carry on to verse 23. But Shem being the oldest and Japheth being the middle child took a garment. Oh, sorry, Japheth being the oldest and Shem being the middle child took a garment. Took a garment and laid it across their shoulders. Then they walked in backward and covered their father's naked body. Their faces were turned the other way so that they would not see their father naked. Here's our first coat, ladies and gentlemen. In some translations, it says they took, uh, it says that Shem actually took his own coat. Some scholars believe that Shem took off his own coat and said, hey, Japheth, let's go. Let's carry this. We've got to cover up our dad. Ham's over here being the youngest because we know how youngest people are. I'm the youngest in my family, so I can say this. We're a bit of a jokers sometimes. And so I can only imagine that Ham's like, oh, check this out. We've never seen our dad like this, bro. Our dad's wasted. Isn't he supposed to be like the chosen one? Because he was the one that got in the ark, right? And brought all the animals and, and, and the flood came. And, and so they were supposed to be the now chosen people. Yet look at our dad, man. He just grew this vineyard and reckoned he could get into it. Sweet. So you can imagine Ham's thoughts right now. I'm imagining he's just joking around with the brothers. <laughs> check this out. You've got to come check this out. If they had Instagram, it would have been like, boom, and they would have just put an emoji, you know where, and uh, posted that up, and it would have been a bit of a fun time. Check this out, everyone. And all, however many people were on, the earth would have been like, 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 That's funny. Yo, check this out. Yeah, Hiroshima and Japheth. Of course, they're the older brothers, the more mature, some would say. And they take a coat, and they laid it on their shoulders. Now, when I came to the scripture, I said, why shoulders? Why did they chuck it on their shoulders? Why did Shem even invite, or why didn't one of the brothers just go like us and go, why was it a coat? Why was it a garment and not just a blanket? And he laid it on their shoulders, and then they walked in backward. See, the significant or significance of a coat right now is because their father isn't wearing their coat. He's not wearing anything. Completely sprawled out naked, and they are the ones to bring in the coat. Now, the significance of the coat, as we just had a bit of a chat on, is that it shows authority, that it shows identity, that, that there is honor in the coat, that there is power in the coat. And most importantly, in this instance, There is restoration in the coat because they take the coat and they lay it on their father. And in that moment, he goes from being Ham's joke of the day to a man asleep in his tent. Shem and Japheth laid the coat down and restored his authority, restored his honor and brought Noah back into the places. That is our dad whom we honor, whom we serve and we respect. There's a lot to take away from this. And so as we move on, then they walked in backward and covered, oh, sorry, we can go back to verse 23. Walked in backward and covered their father's naked body. Their faces were turned the other way so that they would not see their father naked. See, they realized that even if they saw their father naked, that they would be doing a great disservice to their dad. That they would be taking away the holiness and the pureness of their relationship. They recognized what it meant to not only be covered, but also not to disrespect the man of the house. And so as we read on, verse 24 says, when Noah awoke from his wine, hashtag drunken state, and found out what his youngest son had done to him, he said, cursed be Canaan, the lowest of slaves. Will he Of the lowest of slaves, will he be to his brothers? He also said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Shem. May Canaan be the slave of Shem. And may God extend Japheth's territory. May Japheth live in the tents of Shem. And may Canaan be the slave of Japheth. So Noah wakes, and you can only imagine. You know, uh, if if your children in this place... When you, uh, there's something, like example, if we get asked to do chores, and you don't do it, um, if you come from an islander background like myself, uh, there, there's a bit of, there's, a, there's generally a bit of yelling, and, and, a, and a bit, bit of an, a momentous occasion occurs, and the cloud breaks open, and, and there's this, there's an earthquake that rumbles the ground, no, no, it's just my mum cruising around, just having a rant, and, uh, but we know what this looks like. And so we know when we've experienced it in some way that when we don't do what our parents have asked, this far exceeds that. So what you're thinking right now, run with it. Run with it down the street, times it by a thousand. This is where Noah is sitting right now, absolutely mad. He's wound up. He's like, what? Oh, my son. Of course, he's the youngest. Of course, it has to be the youngest. (laughs) That's what he's thinking. Of course, of course, it's the youngest. Of course, it wouldn't be Shem or Japheth. ham, ham. Why would he name his son Ham anyway? No, 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 just <laughs> But he comes into this place of being really mad because he knows he's been disrespected. Because instead of doing what his oldest brothers did, he just pointed, oh, check it out. I've got to tell the brothers because we've got to come check this out and have a, have a laugh together. And we know that the situation turned around. And so Noah curses Ham, the father of Canaan. Ham is now cursed to be the slaves of Shem, And Japheth that he will serve his oldest brothers for all of his days and his people and his people's people, and there is a curse put on the land of Canaan. Shem and Japheth, however, reap a reward. For them displaying the coat of restoration on their father, they reap a reward. Now, anyone intrigued uh, would want to know that Shem, through Shem, Uh, actually is the line of Jesus. And so all the rest come from Shem and Jesus is actually a descendant of of Shem. And so such a blessing, even that the the Messiah himself comes from all the way back to Shem. You could say even comes back to a defining moment such as this one thing that took place in the Bible. See, the reason why I wanna highlight all of this tonight is because I believe that there are keys to success when we look at the story. When we look at this coat, if we can take away the lessons that can be learned from Shem and Japheth, we can come into a place of never, ever, ever being in a situation like Ham and being cast down or cursed upon or living a life of slavery, not only to ourselves but to others and all the rest in between. And so the whole point of this message tonight is that we would understand that Shem and Japheth brought restoration by laying that coat down on their father. And so the question I have to ask you is, is for everyone here tonight, what is it that you need to restore? What is it that is in your life right now, or who is it even, that you need to restore that relationship in some way, shape, or form? Because Shem and Japheth could have just decided, no, we ain't gonna chuck the coat down, I ain't gonna do that. And we, let's all just have a laugh because he's not going to know anyway. No, and if you don't say anything, I won't say anything. And if he wakes up, so he does. All good. <laughs> He'll just check out his Instagram page and <laughs> know that he got tagged in something. <laughs> but how is he going to know? Yet they went further, and they showed characteristics that led them to be absolutely blessed. And so the first, or one of the one of the things I really want us to get into because. You say, well, we know we need to restore some relationships, and we know we need to restore some workplaces, and we know we need to restore some things, but the question that would come to your mind now is how? And so here is what I've picked up due to that story that we've just read, are a couple of keys to success. The first one being clutch it. Clutch it. And what I mean by this is, no, if you're into basketball, I don't mean making that final shot when the buzzer goes off and, and everyone's like, Wow, going crazy. Clutch it. Hold on to it. Because when we know that if we value something, you will hold on to it. That if you value something and you hold something higher than, than other things, you will hold on to that thing closer than anything else. And so the thing that you need to restore, whether it's a relationship with a person, the question I have to ask you is, do you value it? Do you value it enough to hold on to it? See, for me, I I didn't really have the greatest relationship with my parents. And so for a long time, I was just like, eh, it's all good. They can kick back. They can do their thing. I'm just going to go do church and everything and yada, yada, yada. I'll be me and they'll be them and happy family, right? No. Doesn't quite work like that. And so I learned very quick that when it comes to God, he valued his father or Jesus valued his father. And then a lot of biblical characters came into a place, and some of them didn't really value their parents, and we saw downfall. But God really spoke into my heart and said, if you value them, you will grasp, and you will clutch that, and you will make an effort. And so, for us tonight, first of all, we got to ask ourselves, do we value it? Do we value what we're about to restore? That has to take place first in order for us to see even the point of why we need to move forward and why we need to restore it. Clutch it. Clutch it. The next thing would be, carry it. See, because Shem and Japheth clutched their coat, the garment that they had, and they said, hey brother, you know what we need to do? Spoke to each other and said, yeah, we value our father enough that we must restore him to his authoritative state. The next thing that the scripture tells us when we look back at verse 23 is it said they put it on their shoulders. Together, they stood side by side with their coat on their shoulders and they carried it together. And so, my encouragement to you would be get alongside someone that can carry it with you. Who do you need to get alongside today, tomorrow, in this week ahead, in the coming weeks ahead, that will get alongside you and help carry that coat? Because we know how hard restoration can be. We have good intentions. Yet sometimes they, they get lost because some angry face is in front of us stirring us up again. And they can get lost, but if we have someone... See, I, I, I really do believe that if it was just Shem and Ham just approached Shem and Japheth was doing his own thing, would Shem have gone through with it himself? Vice versa. Would Japheth have laughed and just be like, sweet Ham, let's go do this, Shem's not here, let's... But no, they were together, and they carried the coat of restoration together and restored their father together. Lastly, clothe it. Whoo! Keys to success. Clothe it. So we know, they grabbed the garment, they carried it together, and they came into a place where they laid it down and restored their father. And so do we need to come into a place where after we see the value in it, after we find someone that we can carry it with, we need to now clothe it. Now a lot of us know what that may look like, but that'll start in the real quiet place. That'll start in the place where we, where we build our personal relationship with our Father. Clothe it though, clothe that relationship. See, I clothe my parents in prayer. I clothed my parents in grace. I clothed my parents in love. I clothed my parents in a righteous view. See, I had to change my perspective and learn to clothe that situation in order for me to really process and get through it. Just like Shem and Japheth, they clothed their father and that was where the real restoration took place because no longer could Ham come in or anyone else walk into the tent and see their father naked because he was covered. So authority had been restored. So again, I ask you tonight, what is it that you need to restore in your life? What relationships do you need to restore? What things do you have to do in order for you to come back into a place of healthiness? Because this isn't about, well, I would say 40% of this is about the other person. But 60%, it's about you and your heart and what God wants to do in you. Because we'll find ourselves in a place where this will be a block for us to really move forward with God. We'll hit a brick wall. And God will say, you know, it's that thing. And you're like, yeah, I know it's that thing. But I don't want to do that thing. And he's like, well, I can't do a thing if you don't do your thing. And this is the moment where God comes in and it's only God and it's only the thing that only God could do. And then families get rebuilt and then we start coming into a place that the organism gets fresh, the organism gets healthy and so the organization starts to grow as a whole. I know I'm preaching good. I'm preaching good. I'm preaching to myself. That's how I know I'm preaching good. But this is it. What do you need to restore tonight? What do you need to restore today? Don't leave it another day. Really ask yourself and come into a place of learning to clutch it, to value it. That find someone to carry it with. There's so many people. I, I look around this room. There are so many people that would love to do life with someone else. So that's easy. Clothe it. Pray into it. Bless it. Pastor Ant spoke about, uh, if you were here this morning, absolute fire of a message. Like ballpark smashing, home run hitting. Woo! It was good. But one thing he said is that if you can see people for what they can be, not what they are, that was that that, that stuck I said that that's so man this is this is lining up exactly what we're talking about tonight because if you would clothe it and you would see people for not what they are right now, but what they can be, then we can now start to see value and then we'll learn to carry it with one another, and it just repeats and it's it's like reuse re. Whatever that, you know, recycle thingy, mabob that they used to have. uh, It's the exact same thing. It It just goes within itself and it keeps rebirthing. And life consistently repeats itself. Shem and Japheth, they achieved it. They were so blessed by Noah. So much so that Shem, again, Jesus came and was a descendant of Shem. Whew, that's a game changing moment. Imagine if Jesus like, came from your family line. You'd be like, <laughs> if only you knew like, who I was and who came from me. Like, you'd be carrying that around. You'd be like all the modern day artists and like Gucci Men and like doing their thing, repping their style. That's what you'd be doing. But was blessed in such a way. And so, my final thought is as we finish up here tonight, is this Jesus restored us. So, what are you now, or what must you restore? See, Jesus died on the cross for us. And when we realize that in, in, in its wholeness, the, the absolute beating that he took. All because of us, each individual is not only in this church, but that is going to be coming, especially for the university campus once we get over there and, and the building starts getting filled up and people start getting released and potential starts rising and the faith starts rising in the building and people start realizing that God is all for them, so who could be against them? And they start saying to themselves, I am sold out for this. This is why Jesus came to restore us. And so the question I believe he would, he would be even asking right now is, what must you restore? Let's restore some stuff. See, we can, we can look around and see quite a few seats not full. And see, God would say, if, if, if we would only restore yeah. those relationships, we'll start to see seat by seat yeah. by seat, and more rows more rows having to be left out, and the bros like Teepany and Kevin and all the rest of us having to grab chairs out in the middle of service because restoration is taking place. Clutch it, that's right. Buzzer, beat it, game over, because we won. That's it. So again, as we close, Jesus restored you. What must you restore? Don't look past us today. Don't let this burden carry on.